The Hoosiers finally snapped their losing streak to Rutgers. It wasn't pretty throughout the whole night, but they ain't always got to be. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Hoosiers. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making us either your first listen on Wednesday or joining us in the live stream tonight following Indiana beating Rutgers 66-60. to uh, It wasn't a pretty game, especially to close out the game. But a win's a win, and especially against Rutgers, who I'm sure I speak for a lot of us. They are a frustrating team to play against. For whatever reason, they have some type of voodoo magic over Indiana, and this was snapped a six-game losing streak to them. It was Trace's first win against them since March of 2019, so... Just getting the win is fine by me. It's a quad one win. Like That's a really good Rutgers team. The voodoo magic wasn't as persistent uh, this year because Rutgers is just a good team. There's been some bad teams that have uh, beaten Indiana, some bad Rutgers teams that have beaten Indiana. Nonetheless, though, it was a big night for a number of reasons. Trace Jackson Davis... Obviously, the big storyline is he gets 2,000 points. We're going to talk about just Trace in general in the second segment. I don't want to do a ton about him. But, man, what a pleasure it is to watch him. I forgot to mention, before we dive too deep into this, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Uh, We're excited to have them on board. Make sure you guys join today over at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. I think a really important factor in this game is that they started this game with a lot of energy. They came flying out of the gate. Remember the days where Indiana uh, had bad starts? Like, I am glad that those are gone uh, because Indiana comes flying out of the gates in this one and really um, set the tone early on for... Uh, what this game was going to be. I think it had a lot to do with what, with how the game in New Jersey played out, and Indiana didn't do that. They they fell behind the eight ball early. It was Rutgers that came out aggressive. I mean, to be honest, Rutgers punked Indiana in that game. So to see it the other way in this one as Indiana jumped out to the big lead was encouraging and. I thought that set a tone for this game, similar to how the game in Rutgers, there were a lot of different factors that led to Indiana losing that game, but I think the important thing was that Rutgers came out right away and really got up in Indiana's face and let it be known that they weren't going to just roll over. That came right after that big UNC win that everybody's excited about. Indiana kind of returning that favor, especially considering Rutgers has had Indiana's number for years now. So Indiana coming out tonight, setting the tone. Trace mentioned it in his walk-off interview that 
I mean, they're aware that they haven't responded to wins very well in recent seasons. And he referenced last year when they beat Purdue and then laid the egg against Michigan. Um, that is That was on their mind tonight. So they come out strong right away, set the tone in this one. And I thought that was important. Shout out to Miller Cop with 18 points, six of nine shooting, four of six from three. That man absolutely loves playing against Rutgers. I don't know why I'm not going to complain about it. Uh, the only complaint I had is that it's coming too few wins, but he comes out on uh, what day is it? Tuesday. Sorry, on Tuesday. And he was one of those guys that helped set a tone early. I think he had 11. Actually, I can tell you, you can look at it with me. Uh, the first half, he had eight points, three or five shootings. So uh, he was one of the big reasons why he was able to jump out to that lead quickly. Um, but it was, I thought down the stretch, it got ugly. Part of that, I you do have to credit Rutgers a bit. This is, and we said this, a really good Rutgers defense. IU carving them up. Uh, was probably a little unsustainable, and it proved to be. I I used shots were good, but Rutgers wasn't going to give up that many good shots. At the same time, I think that um, Indiana did a lot of bad things or not good things down the stretch. Trace did not touch the ball enough. There were way too many possessions in which uh, Trace – was a bystander. There were a couple times where they went to race Thompson who had a mismatch. I liked them going to that mismatch. He did. He took some fadeaway shots that were ugly. This was not a great race. Thompson night. I've defended him. I feel like probably more than most. He, this was a really rough night from him. I think if Jordan Geronimo was healthier, which he did play a minute, he had a cameo. I, I don't know how, if he didn't react well to that or, just wasn't ready what that was, but if Jordan Geronimo was healthy, I would, there's probably a good chance that he was closing this game because race was really tough. IU wasn't even getting rebounds down the stretch, which if you're playing trace and race, um, that's got to be at least something that you do. Rutgers had seven second half offensive rebounds. Uh, they, they had 11 for the game. They had 13 against IU in the first game. I don't Rutgers isn't like statistically a great offensive rebounding team, so I'm not really sure why IU struggles so much to keep them off the glass, but uh that turned out to be a bit of a problem in the second half as well and it gave them a lot of second chance possessions. They had eight second chance points just in the second half, 14 in total off 11 offensive rebounds. So that was frustrating to watch, certainly, to see all the uh, possessions. It's not a good defensive possession if you don't close it out with a rebound because then that means you didn't get the stop. You just forced a, a miss. So I, that's a big thing um, that plagued them against Rutgers. At time, it, I don't think it's a huge issue. At times it kind of is, but... It's not something that I think is going to cost them. There's so many weird things that just kind of go into this Rutgers game that it's just one of those opponents that maybe it was some type of mental edge. Uh, maybe not necessarily in that IU was defeated coming into this, but Rutgers knew that 
they they knew they had a formula for beating IU previously, and it does play into their mind that hey, we beat them a lot, we can do this. Um, so I think that plays into it a bit too. Again, like I opened, they don't all have to be pretty. I just had some really pretty wins in this kind of stretch. They've won seven of eight now. There have been some pretty wins during that stretch, but this was not, <laughs> this was not one of them. It doesn't really matter. It goes in the win column all the same. To do, to beat the pro, I still probably think at the very least these are the other two best teams in the Big Ten with Indiana. To beat them in back-to-back games, even if it is at home, you beat uh, Purdue and Rutgers four days apart. That's a really good stretch. And that, probably the, the final point before we talk about Trace, that's the biggest takeaway for me. This IU team, it's back. I said it on Saturday. I felt that way after the Purdue game, that this team is just simply back to being a good, great team, probably even again. But this kind of solidifies it. Uh, you get this monkey off your back. You pick up another quad one win. That tournament resume is just improving, improving at this point. There still aren't any bad losses on it. Uh, we can take a look at Ken Palm real quick. Uh, your worst loss is the Northwestern game, which Northwestern is kind of clinging to being a um, tournament team. Uh, but that and the Penn State loss are the only ones. IU did not move up after uh, this game in Ken Palm. But that's if your worst loss is to a conference team in Northwestern that might be a bubble team or is a bubble team, might be a tournament team, that's that's perfectly fine. So the resume is looking better and better. IU just legitimately looks like a great team. That was the tough part of the schedule. That Ohio State, Maryland, Purdue, Rutgers stretch, that was the toughest part they had left, and they go 3-1 and one during it. That's not to, the schedule's still pretty tough the rest of the way. You have back to back road games now. Uh, you obviously have the Purdue game still, but that those four games IU just went through was the big part of the schedule. You go three and one during it, including winning the two biggest games in that stretch. You take that 10 times out of 10. So we, uh, we have a lot of plaudits we need to give Trace Jackson Davis. We'll do that here in just a minute. First, let's talk about FanDuel. I told you guys I didn't love IU minus three and a half, but I thought IU would win this game. I was kind of right. Uh, If you guys did bet IU minus three and a half, kudos to you. If you just bet the money line, uh, all the same, you still come away victorious on the night. I hope you guys use FanDuel, though, to do all of that betting. They are our new sponsor, the number one sports book in America. We're really excited to have them. If you haven't used FanDuel yet, it's a perfect time to do so. They have a ton of great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download download FanDuel now so you can uh, bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money lines to point spreads to player props. Who's going to score touchdowns in Sunday's game? Whatever it might be. It's a simple, easy, safe, secure app that they have. I have it on my phone. I was looking at it earlier today. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on 
Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Make sure you guys check out Locked on College Basketball. We'll be on there on Thursday's show. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube, wherever you guys get podcasts. If you guys have any questions, be sure to leave them in the comments if you are watching live. Um, as race has been rough effort is there, but that's it right now. I agree. It's, I don't like being harsh on him because he's trying, it's not an effort thing. And he, I mean, listening to him talk, he thought his career was over. So maybe he came back a little too soon. It'd be nice if you could give him a a game off. I don't know that how much Indiana can afford that right now with Jordan Geronimo injured. Uh, but if they can, if they could, it would be ideal. Just let him reset a little bit more, and then hopefully that uh, helps him out. But yeah, it it hasn't been great from him since he's got back on the floor. The best version of Race Thompson IU needs and can succeed with, but he is far from his best right now. Let's talk about Trace. Man, what a amazing player he is. He is someone that. Um, I said before the season he was going to go down in history books as one of the best ever players to play for IU. And that was before he's the only guy with 2000 points and 1000 rebounds in his career. He did it tonight. And I was trying to think as it was coming, uh, as he was getting closer and closer, what would be the most fitting way for him to clear 2000 points I kind of thought it would be a post move uh, that he finishes with a dunk, but that putback dunk he has is that's fitting as well. It's a it's not necessarily a signature move, but it's something he's done a lot. It's it shows his athleticism, his ability to get free in the paint. Just remarkable from him. Casually drops twenty eighteen and six, which I there was a little bit of a delay between me tweeting out the link. And getting the show started because I wanted to look this up. Trace going for 20 points, 18 rebounds, and six assists against Rutgers makes him just the 13th player to achieve that stat line since 2010. I can show you the other names. There aren't many that are familiar. Caleb Swainigan being one of them. He was the only other 10 player to do it. Uh, There's a couple uh, big schools that have done it a couple recently. Uh, ben Simmons did it his one year in L- or at LSU. Norris Cole, a name some of you guys might remember. Elise Johnson, another name. If you're a Pacers fan, you might remember as well. But that is a, a small list, and especially if you limit it to kind of bigger schools, whether you it's not Power 5, Big 6 schools, whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, you're looking at LSU, Purdue, uh, I don't. I believe Xavier was in the Big East at that time. So Missouri, it's a, it's a very very small list of guys who did what Trace did tonight. And I point that out because this felt the just kind of like a normal Trace night. Like I didn't. I don't ever really look at the stat sheet until the end of the game. 
unless there's really something I want to know, like Miller cop, I was watching, he was, uh, at the top. I think he, he led the team in plus minus with plus 11. I wanted to look that up at one point. I didn't notice trace had tw- almost a 2020 game until toward the very end. As I pulled up the stats for the show, unreal that this at any, in any way feels normal, 20 points, 18 rebounds, six assists should not feel this normal. With Trace, it does. He's phenomenal. The level he plays at, the intensity he brings, the leader he has been this season, he has fully embraced that leadership role this season and excelled in it. It's been a joy to watch. One other thing, I uh, it was a quote he had last night at Mike Woodson's radio show. Trace was there, I believe, as kind of the player guest. Don Fisher on Saturday, the Purdue game, got honored for uh, the award he received for being the radio voice of IU for 50 years. Obviously, we all love Don Fisher, but Trace came out, said, quote, we got Don, or we got Mr. Fisher here, his 50th year doing play-by-play. I think we all deserve to give him a big round of applause when he sat down. It's those little things that Trace just gets it. He gets being a part of Indiana. He gets being a Hoosier, being in Bloomington, all of that stuff. It's super cliche, I'm aware, but he just gets it. And that makes him super, super easy to root for. Makes him really hard to dislike, too, I'm sure, for opposing fans. But I've said this a couple times, I think, this season. Enjoy watching Trace Jackson Davis. I... It's funny thinking back. It just across or crossed my mind in this moment. There were multiple people early in the season, whether in YouTube comments that I saw on these videos, whether the guy who sent Trace Jackson Davis a letter himself, who were questioning his toughness, the absurdity of that even then. But especially as you look back now, the stats won't be updated, but uh, for tonight, but. Since, uh, let's see here, since that Illinois game on the road, actually, let's take it back, the Iowa game on the road where he had 30 points. Since that game, IU has played 10 times, not including uh, Tuesday, 23.2 points, 13.8 rebounds, 3.6 blocks on 54% shooting. That is absurd. And so in no way... Should you ever take him for granted? Enjoy him. Uh, We have a a finite amount of games left watching him. Seven more regular season games and only two two more guaranteed after that, a Big Ten tournament game and an NCAA tournament game. So nine more games that we're guaranteed to get to see him. Maybe more if IU goes on a couple runs. Enjoy however many there are left because we'll do a a much bigger kind of review of his is a special one this is an all-timer Tuesday was just another example of that but boy what a career he is uh, putting the the finishing touches on what a career he has had it's been an absolute joy to watch let's talk about everybody else now the rest of the the guys that came up with this big win we we mentioned some names we'll dive into some other ones we'll do that all here in just a moment 
we started off at, or well at the beginning we mentioned miller cop man he deserves a lot of praise i have been hard on him at times i've said multiple times this year i'll eat crow i'll put my foot in my mouth whatever it is you want to say i was wrong because he has been fantastic this year and tuesday was another example of that 18 points six of nine shooting four of six from the field as much as uh, his production on the offensive end was very much needed. He, he was doing great work defensively, which I think at times is where he ha- he struggles. He hasn't done it as much this year. I guess struggled, past tense. Uh, in previous years, he struggled kind of keeping up with some of those wing players or the smaller guards. Playing him as a, a three meant that he was going to have to guard out on the perimeter. I forever made the case that he should be the stretch four. I think you could still have success doing that, but you don't need to do it anymore because he has proven himself capable of being in that type of lineup, being the small forward in a lineup. I don't know what it is about Rutgers that he thoroughly enjoys playing against them, but I won't complain because he uh, was absolutely fantastic on Tuesday was vital on both ends of the court in this win. He was the only other guy in double figures. The two, Trace and Miller Cop combined for 38 of the 66 points. A lot of spotty performances. Jalen Huchifino had seven points. The most ridiculous layup I've ever seen, and I'm not exaggerating. There's no recency bias there. The layup he had at the beginning of the game where he goes behind the back, Reverse layup that goes a mile into the uh, sky and comes down without touching the backboard and goes through. You take the letter in horse if you're playing against someone that hits that shot. If I was trying that shot, I would pull like 12 different muscles. It, it was absolutely wild to see that shot go in. Unfortunately, that was the exception and not the rule for him. He's still. These are kind of the nights where he's still a freshman offensively and struggles. He was uh, he had seven points on two of nine shooting, three of three at the line, had three rebounds, three assists, two fouls, a steal. There were a couple times where you would like him to make sure Trace touches the ball on a possession, and I think there were too many times that did not happen. And it doesn't fall entirely on him, but uh, when you're the point guard kind of directing things, That's one of those things that good point guards do is make sure, hey, this guy hasn't touched the ball in a couple possessions, especially when it's Trace Jackson Davis. It's not like we're talking about a a role player here. You should have kind of a tracker in your head that says, hey, this guy needs to get the ball this time. So that's the things that Xavier Johnson does do that that, uh, Jalen Huchifino doesn't, which isn't a knock on him. It's one of those things you learn as you play more and more and – it's a developed trait, but that was those are just kind of those things. We heard an update from Xavier Johnson. Andy Katz said that Xavier's told him he'll be back this year. We don't know when he was. He didn't go through warmups on Tuesday, so we don't really know when. But he says he'll be back. Time's running out. Uh, it's going to be interesting. The IU doesn't play again until Saturday, and we're in the final about three weeks of the season uh, at this point. So he's coming back. It's going to have to be soon. We mentioned race. I don't want to harp on that anymore. Rough night for him. 
Trey Galloway, uh, I mean, the, the putback he has at the end, obviously, is wild. Uh, he's quickly rising up the pantheon of role players for the glue guys for IU basketball teams. I think Will Sheehy, kind of in the modern era, is the top guy that, that played that role for teams. But Trey Galloway is getting there. And by his senior year, Trey Galloway very much could be that type of player. But that tip-in he comes away with, it just kind of typifies the type of player he is. It was a big basket and a big moment. You wouldn't have expected Trey Galloway to be the one to get it, but it was huge, and it, it really sealed the win in this one. Malik Renew, again, I thought played really well. Uh, five points, five rebounds in 14 minutes was a plus seven. I honestly would have been fine with him closing the game uh, over Race Thompson. He didn't – Renew stayed out of foul trouble this time too, so uh, I I would have been fine with him closing the game. He's strung together a lot of, uh, of solid performances now, and uh, I feel a lot more comfortable having him on the floor versus earlier in the season when – or especially in conference season when he was really struggling. Tamar Bates, a little surprising, only played nine minutes. He had six points. I thought he played well. Uh, but, I mean, Jalen Huchifino and Trey Galloway were doing good defensively, and I'd imagine that's why he didn't get in because those two were playing so well defensively. So Bates was a plus 10 in his nine minutes. The only one that was higher was Miller Kopp at plus 11. Uh, I'm not sure why he didn't play. Maybe. I've seen quotes come out. I don't know that there's been anything uh, about an injury or anything. So maybe it was just a matchup thing. Hopefully he's fine. He'll be ready to go next week. So huge win for the Hoosiers. Man, I didn't realize how much I wanted to beat Rutgers until the game started or the game was getting ready to start. And um, uh, you kind of get that feeling like, damn, I really want to win this game. So I'm glad we got to, we beat them. We can kind of end that annoying streak that they had. You got a couple ga- games here that on paper should be a little bit easier, but, I mean, that's very relative. These are still going to be two tough games against Michigan and Northwestern. We'll talk about that later in the week. We'll be back tomorrow with special guest Wyatt Crozier to talk about the IU-Iowa game. So big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen. Today, make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball. I'll be on there with Isaac Shade later in the week. Uh, they have everything you need to know on and off the court, plus big name experts, coaches, players, all that stuff. You guys know the deal. It's available on the YouTube app or on YouTube or whatever app you listen to podcasts on. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, all that great stuff. Appreciate all you who tuned in on the live stream. We'll do it again on Thursday after the women's game, but uh, until tomorrow, everybody have a great day. Go Hoosiers. That was a fun one. And as always, Elio.